There is nothing we should be quite so grateful for as the last line of a poem that goes, when your own heart asks, be resolved, young samurai, and tell the world what you witness here today. Samurai across the empire are moved to great deeds by poems and tales. Why would the kami be any different? Welcome to our 11th episode explaining Legend of the Five Rings on the It's a Mimic channel. I'm Megan and with me again, of course, is Roman. In this episode, we are going to be expanding our horizons on character creation with a focus on magic and the kami. Last time, we broke down the mechanics around basic battle, but this time we will explore how to tap into your inner Shugenja and strike down your foes with your connection to the elements. And in order to do that, we need to understand where that magic comes from. And as we ex described in the previous episode, the spirits of the elements dwell in everything. And Shugenja are trained to get those spirits to do their bidding. Spells are ritualized prayers that invoke the Kami in a carefully researched, specific manner to accomplish incredible effects. Not every spell is cast perfectly. Usually, failed incantations merely have no effect, but sometimes the Kami are angered and lash out. All sorts of disasters are possible if this should happen, one of the most devastating being the Shugenja being driven mad. Most in this situation are unstable for the rest of their lives, scarred in one of the elements. So being a Shugenja is not to be undertaken lightly. It is your responsibility and your privilege to speak to the elemental kami. And that privilege comes with great responsibility. Yeah, I would say the best way to kind of describe this is that a lot of the times in L5R and the partnerships is that the Bushi, who also are very well renowned, and if their lives are lost is a great detriment to the Empire, are given the opportunity to guard a Shugenja, right? They're the Yojimbo to Ishugenja. Yeah. So their job is to protect this person at the cost of their life, which is also very important to the Empire. So it's not necessarily a sense of hierarchy in the sense that this person is more important, this life is more important. They have equal importance to the Empire, but it is interesting to think of the concept that this important life of Ibushi is risking itself for the life of Ishugenja. To add context, one in every 100 people are born with Shugenja talent. Yeah. Anybody can be born a Bushi. You can train yourself to become a Bushi. Anyone can fight. You cannot train <laughs> yourself to become a Shugenja. Yeah. It is similar to a sorcerer in that way, in which like you either have the ability to speak with the elemental spirits or you don't. Yeah, your magic is inherent. Yeah. 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 Uh, with Void Shugenja, it is one in every ten Shugenja. So that's, I don't know what the math is, but one of every 100 becomes a Shugenja, one in every 10 Shugenja could be an Ishiken. Yeah. The basics of spellcasting are centered around spell scrolls, or memorization, and rolls. In terms of the rolls, you take the element that you would like to cast with, and you add it to your school rank. And then, you roll that pool of dice and keep the element. Mm -hmm. So, 
For example, let's say I am a rank 3 Shugenja wanting to cast an Earth spell. I have an Earth of 4. That would be a 7 keep 4. I would roll that pool and I would keep 4 dice. However, each Shugenja has an affinity and a deficiency. An element that they are good at, an element that they are bad at. Yeah, I love that part, by the way. I it's, love the fact that you are good at one element and you are shitty at another. Like <laughs> As a product of aligning myself with the element of Earth, the element of air is like, nah, fuck you, homie. Yeah, <laughs> two middle fingers for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you have an affinity in a certain element, you are effectively one school rank higher. If you have a deficiency in an element, you are effectively one school rank lower. This determines which spells you can cast, as well as the dice pool that you build. So when picking your spells, let's say it has a mastery level of four. If I don't have four in that element, I can't cast it. Yeah. However, let's say I am water three, with an affinity in water, I can cast water four spells. Yeah. If I am air four, but I have a deficiency in air, I can only cast air three spells. Yeah. Yeah, it would be like, it, it get, like we always compare it to D&D and like how we cast, like attack and cast spells. Like let's say like you, let's say you're a bard and you had an advantage in enchantment. You can then cast like one spell level higher, but you had a deficiency in like necromancy because like, because I don't imagine a bard is going to be like, dead body's great. Um, so you had a deficiency necromancy. You have, you technically, even though you're a level like four spellcaster, you can only cast them at level three. It's kind of the same concept that way. But because they're elemental, there's only four versions of that. Yeah. There, I mean, there are roughly four casting elements. Yeah. For most Shugenja. Most. But we will touch on that later. Hmm. Uh, there are three basic spells that all Shugenja have access to. They are the Sense, Summon, and Commune spells. Mm -hmm. So Sense lets you know which elemental kami are present in the area. If you're near a river and you cast Sense, you're probably going to see a lot of water kami. If you are near a volcano and you cast Sense, you're probably going to see a lot of fire kami. Yeah. It lets you know what you can use the next two spells on. Yeah. Commune lets you speak to the elemental kami present. So let's say I want to speak to the water kami that are in this puddle. You cast the spell. Depending on how many raises you take, you get to ask them a number of questions. Each elemental kami will respond in different ways mm -hmm. because each of the elemental kami have different dispositions. Air kami like to be a little bit mischievous and they enjoy playing pranks. Riddles. Yeah. Water Kami will show you images because they can't really communicate openly. Earth Kami don't have a great sense of time. Mm -hmm. So how long has this been there? A while. <laughs> how Did you see a person come by here that looks like this? I've seen a couple, yes. Like several hundred, yeah. <laughs> right? Because again, Earth, Earth Kami are typically very old and very slow and they have a long view of things. Yeah. Fire Kami are, you pay me, I burn it. And last but not least, we have the summon spell, yeah. which is create a bunch of earth, create a bunch of water or air or fire, summon fire on this building to set it on fire. 
summon water on this campfire to fucking quench it. Summon earth in this place to, like, like hole up a hole, right? All of those sorts of things, the summon spell can functionally perform. Yeah, and I feel like the thing to remember is, like, the sense summon and commune spells are very much like your cantrips. Like, all of you, any Shugenja knows how to do these things. And they seem simple, but they're super useful. Yep. So, like, there's many times in L5R where I've walked into a situation as Shugenja, and it's like, you don't feel as comfortable. Okay, great. I'm going to use sense. What commie do I feel in the area? Then you'll get a sense of, like, what happened here, almost. Being like, okay, well, you sense a bunch of fire. Okay, cool. That's weird, because there's no fire active. So why do I feel... It, it just gives you a direction to go in as to what happened within the lands and the expanse that you're within. It's like your investigation spell. Like, sorry, investigation as a Shugenja. Is you can get deeper into the roots of things that are happening. There, there's a term used commonly... Um on the regular It's a Mimic podcast uh, about the exploration pillar. hey And <laughs> being able to use the sense and commune spells are integral for the Shigenja's role in that pillar. Yeah. Right? It is your ability to interact with these things that nobody else can see and nobody else can interact with that, like, allows you to navigate the world in a very different way. Yeah. And, and also... Like, it also, like, encourages you as a GM to consider what has happened within the land and the expanse that has occurred and what Kami would be present. Because, like, we always talk about, like, DMing and GMing within these campaigns about, like, again, like, this political thing has occurred, which means that these two people are at war. So, like, what's happening within the political standpoint? The Kami, in my mind, within L5R are almost a political standpoint and i don't know how to describe that easier than like okay well this this thing occurred which means these kami are the ones that are present because this certain circumstances occurred so like normally that would be a reasonable line of logic yeah however testimony from elemental spirits and ancestral spirits is not admissible in Roku Candy Court. Yeah, no, so that's you, fair. So you can never use it in like a, oh, well, this thing happened because there are these spirits here. Like, you can't use that as a way of defending a position or... In court, yes. But if you're playing just in a field game where court was not involved at that time, and you're just out in the ocean and something occurred, you're on an off-put island or something occurs, and you're like, okay, I'm going to sense, I'm going to commune. You find out what Kami are present, you're like, interesting. Like, you as a clan can make assumptions and make your own mental political views on what has occurred. The same thing with what happened in real life. It's just like, you sense a situation that's happened. This is the result of what has happened. This is the land we are left with. Cool, you've decided one thing, but I'm sorry, my land says another. Yeah. Right? Like. No, I feel it. Yeah. The, uh, so we, so we've gone over like the roles and how to actually cast spells, yeah. but there is one thing that I think that we omitted. And that is the fact that again, these spells are prayers and they are recited. Yeah. Shugenja carries scrolls where these prayers are written down. Mm-hmm. So in order to cast these spells, you actually have to sit there and read the scroll. So you take the scroll out of your, out of your pouch and you unfurl it and you, Speak them aloud so that the kami can hear you. Yep. 
there is a, another aspect to that where you memorize the spells. So you don't have to pull the scroll and unfurl it and read it out loud. You just clasp your hands together and you recite it from memory. Changing spell scrolls takes actions. Yeah. It's a simple to pull one and it's a simple to drop one. Yeah. Sorry, it's a free to drop one. But these scrolls are written on very fancy paper with very fancy ink. So you don't necessarily want to drop your scroll in the mud or drop your scroll in the volcano when you're casting spells, right? So there's yeah. all these aspects that are that go into being a Shugenja and being a reverent Shugenja. Yeah, and there's a lot of role-playing aspects to that, right? Again, like unfurling your scroll, putting it away, taking another one, right? Like, it's different in D&D where spell casting takes time. And uh, I think we were kind of talking about how, uh, yeah, the difference between spell casters and fighters, the fact that fighters have to take a stance and figure out whether they can move, fight, not move, defend, what have you. Spell casters also have to be very strategic because they can only do so much when it comes to their scrolls and unfurling. So to your point, when do you, do you recommend you like, so memorizing a spell, as you mentioned, costs experience points yes it does so when you're building your character if you have spells that you want to be able to just be able to cite from memory you have to spend points on it so when do you do you recommend doing that and like at what point do you do that is there a certain level where you would say yes i would start memorizing spells it's worth it to memorize spells even from the character creation yeah you know it depends on what role you want your character to have there is a spell called jade strike mm-hmm. which uh, it is an earth spell and probably one of the most useful earth spells when you are fighting creatures from the Shadowlands because it deals extra damage to Shadowlands creatures. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a rank one spell. So for one experience, I don't have to pull out my scroll to cast Jade Strike. I just say the prayer for Jade Strike and I get to blow up this Shadowlands creature. Totally worth it. All the time. Yeah. There are certain spells that are 100% a thousand percent worth memorizing but it's mostly dependent on the game that you're in and what role your shugenja is playing yeah if you're a combat shugenja you kind of want your go-to damage dealing spell to be memorized so that you can pull out a scroll for something else to deal with that and then okay oh shit i need to do my big damage thing to this guy, I'm going to do my big or at least my medium damage thing to this guy. Yeah. Combat Shugenjas also want to carry a healing spell. Having a healing spell memorized, mm-hmm. it saves you so much time. It does. Right? And saves lives. And saves lives. Healing spells save lives. They really do. Uh, I remember the first time I played Alphavar, I played a Shugenja, and I did not take this into account. And then I learned how to use the battle system. And I was mad. And I was frustrated. That it was going to take me three <laughs> rounds to cast a fucking spell. Yeah. And that's because in D&D, we're so used to like the impact of instantaneous action. Oh, instant gratification. It's so great. It's so phenomenal. And like we utilize that in D&D a lot. Like it hits, it doesn't hit, cool. You expend a spell slot, one or the other, that's fine. But in L5R... It's all about anticipation. Patient. Stop it. Uh, but that's the thing, is you will spend three rounds to cast this amazing spell, and you still might not pop it off. <laughs> and, it's, it's, and like, to me, like, again, that was my first experience with Alpha Bar, and it was so frustrating. And that's why I think it's key that if you're going to play a, your first time in Alpha Bar and in this world, if you want to play a Shugenja, 
you have to be dedicated to learning how to do spell casting because that was what took me out of the game. Yeah. Was how frustrating that was. And it was it was angering. And it was and to be fair, it was because I came from playing D&D. And I was just like I I just want to do this thing. I I think one time, I think at one point in time I did a jade strike not knowing exactly what it meant. And you're like, "Well, it does nothing because they're not of a you know, tainted nonsense. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, you just made me waste two rounds to cast this spell and now tell me that it's not going to do anything? My character would know that it's not going to do anything. <laughs> and I just remember being so angry. Anyway, spell casting can be complex, but it's great when it works. But yeah, uh, spending the points to memorize spells, great. Do it. Wait, do we do we want to take a second to unpack that? Or? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My longest short of it, memorize spells. Do you prefer combat characters or Shugenja more as a role player? Um, I think that when I play, when I first started, I played a Shugenja because I enjoyed magic characters as a whole, and then I hated them in L5R. So I switched to combat characters because I disliked the way that magic worked in L5R. Mm -hmm. And then I got used to the combat system by playing martial characters. And then now, all I want to do is play Shugenja. Yeah. Because now I understand it, and the combat system makes sense, and how to utilize it makes sense, like memorizing my spells, doing all of these things... (laughs) To make spellcasting make more sense. Uh, but it took me two or three campaigns and games to really respect how Ishugenja worked. Um, and the fact that, yeah, it takes a while to cast a spell, but it's because you have to utilize the craft that you've learned. It's different. Yes, it's different. It's different from D- D&D. It's different from any other campaign where magical characters can cast spells at will. But um, it's worth it now because you you know what the that's this is why martial characters are tasked with protecting shugenja is because their job is harder than a martial character who can just stab something and like one thing to point out is that while that it does take longer for you to cast a spell than it does for you to swing a sword most of the spells don't miss they don't miss and they pay off if you can if you make the roll and you can survive the however many rounds, you get a do not pass go, do not collect 200, the spell effect goes off yeah. effect. And for some of them, which we're going to get into pretty quickly, they're game-breaking. Yeah. They are life-changing. Yeah. And they can shift the tide of battle in such a drastic way. Yeah. But again, we talked about how like it's not necessarily that the life issue Genja is worth more than the life of Ibushi. It is that the Bushi will understand that if I protect this person long enough, I will survive. Because they're going to do ten times more damage than I will do in one swing of my sword. Yeah. So I may as well stand here in defense, protect this person, and let them do their shit. The potential of a Shugenja is is so vast. Yeah. But that is dependent on their ability to trust in a Bushi. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's like a key thing to remember. Yeah. When you have a Bushi and Shugenja relationship, right? But yeah, spells. <laughs> so we're going to start with uh, earth magic and air magic. And what I'm going to do is give you guys a couple of examples of the different spells 
Uh, I'm going to give you a rank one spell, and I'm going to give you a rank six spell, just for you to understand what the what the range sort of looks like throughout yeah. all of these. So we're going to start with earth magic. Earth is used to affect the earth and the land in general, minerals, metals, protection, warding, stamina, and willpower. Rank one earth spell, armor of earth. For the duration of the spell, you gain reduction in an amount equal to your earth ring and school rank. However, this infusion of earth slows your movements. Your water is considered one rank lower for purposes of movement while you are under the effects of the spell. The rank six earth spell, soldiers of clay. This spell creates 10 human-sized warriors forming from the earth and stone and animating them with the power of the earth kami which infuse them. The warriors will move and fight and otherwise act as the caster commands obediently and fearlessly. They have traits and rings equal to the caster's earth, attack with swords made of stone as though they have kenjutsu of four, and have reduction equal to twice the caster's earth. Reduction omits the first X points of damage from an attack. So, if you are able to cast this, you probably have an earth of 6, which means that they have reduction 12. Their swords are considered to have the jade property. When destroyed or when the spell duration ends, they collapse into piles of a loose earth. Air spells. Air was used to affect air and wind, sleep, illusions, detection of hidden things, detection of thoughts and feelings, reflexes, and awareness. Also, whereas most spells that required the Shigenza's concentration usually required complete or near-complete focus, air spells tended to only require a casual level of focus. Rank 1 Air Spell Arrows Flight the Shugenja entreats the air kami to play a game by guiding the arrow, and if the arrow is fired within the duration of the spell, it will unerringly strike its target. It must still be fired by someone with a minimal understanding of archery, at least one rank of kenjutsu. However, because it is the kami who ultimately ensure the arrow will hit, the shot cannot benefit from the effects of raises or techniques. Rank 6 air spell. The world is truth. Casting this spell requires the caster to hold the target by the head and focus on him for eight hours uninterrupted. Typically, the target will be bound to prevent interruptions. If contact with the target is broken for more than three minutes, the spell will fail. At the end of the eight hours, the Shugenja makes a contested insight air roll against the target. If the Shugenja wins, the target's thoughts and memories are rewritten and rearranged in whatever way the caster prefers. Mental advantages and disadvantages cannot be changed, but the target may be made to think he is someone else, to forget something that happened, to remember events or persons differently, and so forth. This does not grant any skill ranks, techniques, or other actual capabilities. The target may believe he is the elemental master of fire, but this will not make him capable of casting spells. It's a vast difference. It is a drastic <laughs> difference. I can push an arrow in the right direction. I'm going to make sure that I ignore your armor TN for this shot. I make you believe you're a duck. Congratulations. Like... <laughs> But they also demand a very different uh, investment of time. Yeah. Right? An investment of effort. And that's the thing. Is like, it again, so what is the time frame? Like, to explain to the audience. I think it's like whatever, technically whatever level the spell is that you're casting. So if I'm casting a, a, a mastery level six spell, yeah. it is six complex actions yes. to cast that spell. 
So if now you can't cast at a at a simple for a complex, nobody casts as a can't. simple. So you're taking six rounds. You can choose to take raises yep. on your initial roll to decrease the casting time. But let's if you're casting a rank six spell, it's uh, mastery level times five plus five. Mm-hmm. You're trying to hit a thirty-five. Yep. Let's say you wanted to add raises on that. I want to cast it in four rounds. You're trying to hit a forty-five. Yeah. It is not easy. <laughs> So that being said, like, like we just talked about like earth spells and a little bit of the air spells. Would you rather air or earth Shugendra at this point? I really like earth spells because one of the rank six earth spells is like, I cause an earthquake within a hundred miles. Yeah. I love air spells because again, you get to do stuff like I rewrite your memories. I create an illusion from the fog that looks like your deepest, darkest fear. They, they, they're both really cool. Mm-hmm. One of them is more immediate in its effect, and one of them is, like, great for espionage, right? Yeah, they, being a little more tricky and so forth. How about you? Uh, I Again, I, I identify with Earth, so it's hard for me to, like, like air, because I'm like, fuck you, air. Uh-huh. But that's fine. Um, and I like a lot of the more of the Earth spells. Like, they have a lot of really cool stuff to work with. I do like air in the sense that you can be a little bit more manipulative, but I find that air spells do require, in my opinion, a little bit more role-playing and background understanding as to how you are capable of doing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas earth spells are very much like, I'm going to throw a rock at you. Like, yeah, fair. <laughs> or can be, right? So, um, do you have a favorite earth spell or air spell to use? Oh, I'm trying to find it. Um... One of my favorite air spells, and an air spell that I used a bunch in a game where I played as an air Shigenja, was um, Benten's Touch. So, um, by calling on the air Kami to whisper suggestions to others, you may cause them to perceive the target of this spell more positively than they otherwise might. The target of this spell gains a bonus of 1k1 plus your airing to the total of all social skill rolls for the duration of the spell. I used that as a Shugenja who was... Um, acting as a courtier for the purposes of uh, the event that he was at. And it was that and another air spell. I want to say it's like Blessing of the Air. So I just like buffed all my social stats for the day and then went and I'm going to go rub elbows and kiss babies because the air commie make me that much more desirable and wonderful. That's fair. Yeah. I don't really have a favorite air spell, but I do have a favorite earth spell and it's earth becomes sky. Oh, I fucking love that spell. And it is really, it is literally, I'm going to pick up this earth ground rock and I'm going to throw it at you. Yeah. And I've, it's, it's my favorite. Like I, and like you can add, um, uh, raises to make it a rock of jade. Yeah. Which is, to your, to like earlier conversations, jade is integral to like ruining people's lives. Um, (laughs) Specifically to overcoming the damage reduction that Shadowlands creatures have. Exactly. Thank you very much. Uh, and I just feel like that is, it's amazing. And I remember playing in my previous campaign where one of my characters was an Earth Shugenja who had this spell and I would constantly ask him, would you like a raise for this, right? And, like, as a GM, it's it's interesting to spellcasters because sometimes it's nice to look up the spells that your players have and say, I want to pop this off. Because sometimes you can advise them being like, you are fighting this thing, Jade would do better, do you want to spend the raises to do it, 
right? And I did that often, specifically with this spell. To be like, Jade would work better if you wanted to spend the races to yeah. do it, right? And so I think that's a really good context when you're a GM and you have Shugenja who are very integral to very specific spells to know what races do for them. Hell yeah. Right? So take the time. But that's my favorite spell. Nice. Moving on to magic and water. Yeah, fire and water magic. Uh, So fire is used to affect fire, light, lightning, flight, agility, and intelligence. The rank one fire spell is Burning Kiss of Steel. When the spell is cast, a tendril of fire extends from your hands to engulf your weapon. If you drop or lose the weapon, the spell effect ends. The weapon gains a 1k1 bonus to melee attack rolls. The bonus is 2k2 when making attacks against mounted opponents or opponents of larger than human size. The rank 6 fire spell is Curse of the Burning Hand. This spell is difficult and requires a full minute to cast. Also, the caster must succeed in a contested fire roll against the target in order to afflict the curse. Once it is in place, the target finds himself constantly wreathed in flames. These fires do not harm him, but harm any friends, allies, or innocents who touch him. The fire inflicts 3k3 damage on anyone who touches the cursed individual, and set alight any physical objects he touches which are flammable. Wood, paper, clothing, etc. Mm -hmm. However, because the fire kami is hostile, it will not help its victim against its enemies. The fire will suddenly recede any time he tries to use it as a weapon. Barring any outside interference, the spell's effects will last indefinitely. Hmm. However, other spells which remove magical effects can potentially end the curse of the burning hand if the GM judges them to be appropriate. Likewise, other effects which drive out kami, such as banishment, can remove the curse. Water spells affect water, rain, bodies of water, healing, detection of objects, scrying, strength, and perception. The rank one water spell, bow of water. You summon a staff of pure water, as rigid as the real thing despite its fluid nature. The weapon's default form is a bow, but one raise can change its form to any other staff of your choosing. The weapon has a damage rating of 1k2. If you do not possess the staff skill, you may instead use your school rank in its place. If you do possess the staff skill, using this weapon grants you one free raise and can only be used on the knockdown maneuver. The weapon disappears if it is lost from your hand. Instead of summoning the bow for yourself, you may cause it to appear in the hands of an ally within 20 feet. They are treated as the caster for all purposes of the spell, but they do not gain the free raise bonus. Mm -hmm. The rank 6 water spell is Peace of the Kami. The target is instantly cured of all diseases, their system is purged of any and all poisons, and all wounds are completely healed. Well, there we go. Water spells. Well, I mean, water and fire spells. So with these two elements, then, would you choose, a, and you were starting a character, would you go for fire or water Shugenja? I really like water Shugenja because I think every party needs a water-capable Shugenja. Mm-hmm. Being able to cast healing spells, being able to cast those like low-level buffs is really helpful. Fire Shugenja, most of your Bushi will be able to provide some level of damage, but there are very few ways of providing healing in the game beyond a medicine roll. Yeah, and I, I, like there's a lot of times where people find, in, especially in D&D, where every magical character has a healing spell. That's not necessarily true for, like, L5R. Like, 
depending on what spells you choose and what direction you choose, what clan you come from, what benefits you decide to use, you will not always have a healing spell, right? It is very specific to your clan to say like, yes, your magical powers have healing capabilities because that is what you're taught, mm -hmm. right? And uh, that's why I love water spells is a sense of like, you can heal, which I remember when we did our first, uh, when the building of the characters and what we were starting to do, I was like, water spells are great because you can heal your people because healing is not, um, and we've talked about this a lot in, not necessarily on the podcast, but within our Elfiver group that we play in, healing doesn't necessarily heal your wounds that are non-existent. Healing in L5R is more along the lines of, it's still a slow heal. You are still going to be scarred, and like you will still remember that this occurred. It's not like D&D &D where you're healed and it no longer exists, right? No. L5R healing is, it increases the rate at which your body magically, naturally Norm heals. Naturally heals. Like for for most things. Yeah. But if you look at the rank 6 water spell, it's, by the way, you're fully healed. Yeah, but like at what point are you going to get a level 6 uh, right. Water Shugenja healer being like, here's this wound that I've healed for you. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, that's the master of whatever you're going to walk into. It's not your regular Shugenja that you're just going to meet on the road. You, you know what you, I mean? You did a really dope thing, probably lost most of your limbs. The elemental master of water decides to take pity on you and regrow them. Yeah. And like, that's, I feel like that's a good, almost like trigger of finding what kind of level of Shugenja you're working with. Because I feel like that's a really cool, like, intro moment of a Shugenja jumping into your party to help them out. And all of a sudden they heal your wounds and your scar disappears. Yeah. You know that that is a higher level Shugenja spell than what you are, your mundane bullshit deserves. Yeah. Right? Buddy in our party casts Path to Inner Peace, which heals everything, but it heals it kind of slowly and I get a cool scar afterwards. This dude said something, and it took, like, a couple of minutes, but I feel old wounds that I had disappear. <laughs> yeah, like, you all of a sudden you feel healed of, like, I don't know, whatever, like, you got stabbed by a sword, like, you got nicked on your hand years ago during a duel, right? And all of a sudden that scar disappears. Why is my skin so nice? Now, why do I feel so smooth? Or like, let's say your character like walked in saying, I have a facial scar from like a, an old childhood wound. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, nope, that scar is gone. You've had this all 21 years of your life and now it's gone. Yeah. That's not a run of the mill everyday magic. Yeah. That's that good shit. That's, that's a good, that's a good shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, do you have a favorite fire and or water spell that you would you you go to? Again, my my go to is a water spell. It's um it's it's actually Path to Inner Peace. It is the water spell where I cast it, and as long as I maintain concentration and as long as I have time, I just sit there and I touch you, and you heal until full. Yeah. I, or I drop concentration. Phenomenal spell. It's a rank three spell. It can heal you to full. It like you get your value out of it. When you are out of combat, it's awesome. Yeah. Because it's okay. We have some downtime. I path this guy to full. Okay, cool. It's a rank three spell. I path this guy to to full. Okay, it's it's another rank three spell. Like easy. Yeah. Yeah. Water Shigenji, you are a healer. Like 
Between the two, I do prefer water spells over fire, because, like, fire spells tend to be more, I, I guess, destructive magic. They're going to cause damage. They're going to cause, like, purifying, that kind of stuff. But I find that water spells can be a little bit more creative, because I like things like walking upon the waves, right? Like, they can walk on water. They're performative. You know what I mean? Like, they aren't scared to say, like, no, I can control this calming and I do the thing, Right? And it's very rare that you're going to have a body of water that you can walk on. And so that's kind of, you know, so I feel like like water should get triggered to be like, we're not going to pop this off often. You're going to know that I'm this strength and you're not going to know what level I'm at until I actually show you. Totally. They're not show offy, you know, whereas I feel like fire spells are more physical, visible and more show offy. Well, and one of the examples of that is wings of fire. Yeah. So wings of fire lets you fly for a certain number of rounds. It's very obvious. <laughs> right? It's, if you're casting fire spells, people know you're casting fire spells. Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel like water spells tend to be more under the radar of just, like, you don't physically see them, but you physically feel them. It's kind of like that when we're talking about, like, how there's an E, like, a, a physical and an emotional version of each elemental ring. It's almost like fire is the physical the physical response and, like, water is, like, the emotional response to things, almost. Don't get me wrong. Water spells do have a... You do have physical water spells that exist, right? Like, you've got, like, tidal wave bullshit. You've got water nonsense. But I do feel like because of the healing, they're a little bit more under the radar, right? And again, because when you think about the fire ring, which is more active and more responsive, you're going to physically see them or feel them or know that they're present. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So in our previous episode, we did talk a little bit about our elusive fifth element, uh, which is the void. So obviously there are void spells and there are void shugenja. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So what makes a void shugenja? Void shugenja exists one in every ten Shugenja. Yeah. The Ishiken, as they are called, are unique in the Empire and are specialists in the Void. Though the Void was a jealous master, it allowed for things that the other elements could not replicate. Not just any Shugenja could cast even the most basic Void spells, and it took special training to accomplish those spells. The Ishikendo advantage is an eight-point advantage. So, for those of you who require context, at character creation, there is a soft rule of no more than 10 points of advantages. It eats up 8 of those. And it allows you to cast void spells. Only Shugenji can take the advantage, and without this advantage, a character cannot cast void spells. Mm-hmm. Void magic is unique in what it accomplishes. I'm going to give you a couple of instances of how these spells work and what they do, um, starting with drawing the void. Upon completion of this spell, you gain a number of additional void points equal to your school rank plus one. If these void points take you above the normal number that you would possess, then you lose one of the extra void points every round that you do not spend. Karmic Intent. You may target any one willing individual with this spell. All remaining void points either of you possess are placed into a single pool, which either of you may draw upon as normal. Essentially, this allows two individuals to share void points back and forth as they see fit. This also allows Ishiken to share the additional void points they gain from other void spells. At the end of the spell's duration, all remaining void points are divided between the participants up to their normal maximum number. Hmm. 
Rise from the Ashes. Upon completion of the spell, the person is immediately restored to the state they were in eight hours prior to, the, to when the spell begun. Any injuries suffered during this time, the effects of disease or poisons, even the acquisition of supernatural conditions such as the Shadowlands taint or corruption by the lying darkness can be undone in this manner. Upon the completion of this spell, you lose all void points and may not regain void points for a period of three days, after which they begin to recover at one point per day until you have your maximum normal amount again. This spell cannot be used to restore someone who has died. I like how they have to put that in. Like, you can't... Because it does very much feel like a you're reversing time spell. And yes, you are dead. You cannot reverse the fact that they are dead. Like... But if you listen to the descriptions of some of these spells... Yeah. Compared to the other spells, very different. Yes. And it can be pretty badass, but at a cost. Always at a cost. Yeah. So, like, you are gaining very powerful spells, but not only is it very, like, not, I wouldn't say contentious in the Empire, but, like, contentious for some of them. Depending on how you're performing them and what you're doing and how you utilize your gifts, to be fair, it's accepted. But, like, it's still not, it's understood that it's at a cost. Like, if you see it, you're going to be like, oh, great. Yeah, Void void Shugenja aren't shunned. No. In any way, shape, or form. But because they are so uncommon and because they are so powerful, they are feared. Yes. So it's kind of like a, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what do you mean you turned that whole army into flowers? Yeah, and I only have a couple of days left before I die. So I would like to see a couple of sunsets if that's all right. That's, I would like you to leave me alone. That'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> like... Ishikens are the ones who go mad the most often. Yeah. Ishikens are the one who ones who the cost of their manipulating the fabric of reality is typically like death or insanity. Because what they are doing is so powerful, it exhausts such a terrible toll. It's all encompassing, right? Yeah. It, it it takes a lot of it's like the whole like alchemist thing, like what you put in, you get out. Equivalent exchange. Exactly. Right? I feel like that's a very similar concept when it comes to specifically the void. Yeah. Because when it comes to the other um, elementals, like like fire kami and water kami, what have you, yeah, you can give them gifts that they're going to like, but it's not a cost of your own self. It's like a, yeah, I'm going to give you a prayer, I'm going to give you a boon, and I'm going to give you like these offerings to you to, to get these things out of you. But like the void is very speaks to you're giving up yourself. Yeah, it, de- it demands of you. Of you. Not what you can give, but who you are as a person. Yeah. Right? So it, it's a very interesting route to take if you're going to play a Shugenja. So that being said, would you play a Void Shugenja? And do you allow them at your table? I do allow Void Shugenja at my table. Typically, I allow them to people who have played a lot. Yeah. Right? Because all of the elements affect the way that you play your Shigenja, right? Like an Earth Shigenja is not going to be the same as a Fire Shigenja. It's not going to be the same as a Water and Air Shigenja. Your Void Shigenja are going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've I've actually written a Void Shigenja school that is all about the passage of time Mm -hmm. and understanding how time works and how your time is spent and how much time you have. And it's very different from the core book Void Shigenja, which is... 
I am at peace and aligned with all of the different elements. Yeah. Whereas this is a void Shugenja that is like, well, the only element that we have any control over, any understanding over truly, is time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, I do allow people to play Void Shugenjas, but only when they, like, really understand the setting. Because yeah. for a first-time player to be like, oh, I want to play a Void Shugenja, like, you, you don't necessarily know what it means. Yeah. And I, I, I would agree. I remember when I was um, starting my first campaign, and I had a lot... Of, I did end up with, like, three Shugenja in the end. And they were looking at their spells and, like, their spell list and, like, oh, how can I take a Void spell? And I'm like, well, we're just not gonna for yeah. this for this first campaign that we're playing. And to our point earlier in, like, a couple of these episodes was play true... For your first time going, play true to the campaign and play true to your school and play true to your family. Because that's what's going to teach you about the Empire and how you operate and how what your functionality within the Empire is and how it all works together. Because Void Shugenja, again, are very specific and play a very specific role within the Empire. Yeah. That aren't always going to be present in your mundane daily task. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) They're not going to do your dungeon crawl with you. They're not going to do your fetch quests for your lord. Like, (laughs) Yeah, they're going to be the dude that you come to when you're like, so my buddy got hit by lightning trying to protect me and uh i don't know what to do yeah like the healers can't heal him this that and the other like there's not much left of him okay cool i'm gonna reset him eight hours at great personal cost yeah and you're gonna like void shugenjas show up as plot devices Mm -hmm. i typically don't have void shugenjas just you know pallet around just being like oh so good to see you (laughs) Great to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I remember in our campaign I had, so I built in our, in the campaign I played, the um, the Elemental Masters. Yeah. And the, the Master of Void did exist. And he was almost the all-knowing, right? Based on the time that we were playing, like, he just was the all-knowing. And he was the one that gave the information and was almost like, the again, the plot device that gave them advice on how to proceed and how to operate within, like, the world. But I would never, in my mind, allow... Even for me as a first-time GM, it's it's a hard thing to navigate. Because, again, you want to take the time to learn the world and understand it. Adding void and that possible aspect is, like... It's nice to have a taste of it to get a feel for it. But it's not something I would operate in 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. So, that being said, do you have a favorite void spell that you use? I have many favorite void spells. I've never used it, but it's a spell that I think is really cool. Mm. Uh, and in in speaking with that, like, equivalent exchange idea, mm-hmm. uh, it's called Reforge. Okay. So, uh, you take any one single object and you transform it into any other object of comparable size. Mm-hmm. This will only work with an object that is uniform in construction rather than assembled for multiple pieces. This spell will not affect living material. Although the effect of this spell is permanent, it can be reversed by a sing- by a second casting of this on the same object, even by a different Ishiken. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That is really cool. Right? Uh, I am going to turn... Because the wording of it is vague enough mm-hmm. where I would say, I'm going to turn this tree into a flower. Yeah. They're both constructed from a singular thing. They're both 
objects. Yeah. I'm going to turn this piece of paper with all of this important documentation on it into a, you know, into a wooden figure. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to walk out of this building with this wooden figure and then I'm going to change it back later. Right. Uh, I'm pretty flexible with the way that spell. And unfortunately for the level that the spell is, a lot of its uses in terms of espionage mm-hmm. and the like are kind of mundane and underwhelming. Yeah. But, you know, I turn this bridge into something. Mm-hmm. Like, I would allow that based on my understanding how the, of how the spell works, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I would too. How about you? Do you have a void spell that you really like? Uh, Witness of the Untold, uh, which is a void one, like, divination-related spell. So it's basically, it is possible to gain fleeting glimpses of things that have not yet happened by peering into the void. Okay. Uh, if you are delaying your action, which can happen, you may interrupt the target of the spell after he has declared his action, but before he has taken his action when his turn comes up. So again, you can kind of like mitigate someone's bullshittery. Oh, that's cool. Right? It just seems like, again, it's the kind of like the whole, you can see like, oh, what you're doing is dumb. Right? Like... (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to let you do it, but I'm going to reverse what you just did. That's cool. <laughs> That's very cool. Uh, and this can be done uh, during each round for the duration of the spell. Uh, normally, someone delaying their action cannot interrupt the action of another participant's spells. So it's something to like, kind of like incorporate into that. But it, because you're a void Shugenja, it's kind of like, yeah, you can do it. Nice. Yeah. I, I love the idea of putting in that. Like, again, to your point... Even if you don't have a player who's a void Shugenja, having that NPC that's like, stop it. (laughs) You're about to do the thing. You should probably not. (laughs) Yeah, you're being a little dumb. (laughs) And I'm going to stop you from doing that. And like, I feel like that's a good, if you are in a a campaign where you have a bunch of first time players who've never played in the campaign before and don't realize how deadly it is. Yeah. They can be your teachers, Right. In the sense where you can have an NPC who is a void Shugenja or someone who's very commonly in tune with the world. And just if they end up in a situation where they are just above their caliber and they're trying things a little too harsh or too fast, you want to teach them a lesson. Let them pop off and then be like, okay, this is their like, well, you now you've gone to hell. Uh, I will pull you out of that. Congratulations. Restart. <laughs> Because, like, that happens a lot in D&D and other campaigns and other role-playing games where, like, a lot of people will play these characters that they're in love with and then they just make a really dumb decision. Yeah. That leads to their death. And they're very sad and they're very, like, upset about it. And the GM is like, what do I do about this? How do I help this player come out of this hole that they've dug for themselves and, like, make it okay but also teach them a lesson? Void Shugenja can be used for that. Yeah. It's just like, oh, no, you are the hero of time. You just made a fuck up. Here's your lesson. I will let you go through hell, but I will let you come back and, like, redeem yourself. Right? So, but yeah. I, it, it's You can use Void Shugenja as a GM if you don't necessarily have a player at the table. Because I find that I have not played at the table with a lot of people who have done Void Shugenja. Typically, I don't allow it. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of the people that I play with most oftenly understand the gravity of playing in Ishiken, and it, it's it's stressful. 
Yeah. It is a big responsibility. It is. Like, I'm gonna play this character with phenomenal cosmic power in <laughs> itty bitty living space, right? <laughs> They're the genie of the world, yeah. <laughs> Um, out of all the elements, do you have a favorite Shugenja that you like running with? Because we talked about, like, earth versus air, fire versus water, and then void. Like, do you have a favorite of the five that you like to run with? So, again, lean, leaning into the, the homebrew that I did build, I love void Shugs. You are. Oh. Like, the, I, I built a whole family. You did. Centered around uh, the void and centered around the idea that, like, time and destiny and and fate are these complex things that not only interact with us but can be coerced by us so yeah get like given the opportunity i would run void shigendras all the time Mm -hmm. but i understand that they need to be used sparingly i find that each of the different elementary shigendras has their place air shigendras again are typically more manipulative or social Fire Shugenjas, you're going to put them in your front lines to set things on fire. So you use everything in its place. I have a soft spot for Void Shugenjas because I've made a Void Shugenja family. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I I like Earth Shugenjas. But, like, I would like to point out that, like, something that I learned when playing my Phoenix game was that at times of war within the Phoenix clan, because they were coastal... Along their, like, the lines of their, like, I would say kingdom is the easiest word for people to understand. Um, I guess their border. They would actually play Shugenja. They wouldn't place warriors. They wouldn't place a battlement. They actually placed just Shugenja at, like, the tops of their battlements. Because they have some of the strongest Shugenja. Hmm. And, like, that's if that was the, if, if there was a time of war, you would see Shugenja at the tops of their like along their borders. Well, yeah, the 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 Phoenix Clan don't fuck around when it comes to their Shugenja. But I think that that's a, a good thing to note in the sense of like if you're thinking, okay, well, because D and D, the strongest warriors are always your your barbarians, your fighters, X Y Z. They're your frontliners, and then your like wizards and X Y Z, and your sorcerers are like your second to line. But they're not worth protecting because they're they're softies. Like that's just kind of like a D and D thing like if i'm walking up to a D table and i'm a fighter my natural instinct is not to protect the wizard he can protect himself right okay. whereas like i feel like an l5r it's a very different thing where if you're a fighter and you see a shugenja on the ground you're gonna stand between them and the enemy yeah i can see that well and, and again there's that sense of responsibility to the people on your team yeah Again, the party dynamics, which yeah, we've talked about dynamics. at length, that L5R forces, is party dynamics. Your Shugenja's role is required. You don't ignore the healer because they're healing you. And I feel like even like in um, uh, MMOs, <laughs> we've just started playing. <laughs> <laughs> and you run into battle and you're just like, healer, heal me. And you're running into battle. It's like, okay, great. But like, who is protecting the healer? Yeah. In L5R, there will be a Bushi protecting your healer, which doesn't happen in D&D on a, enough in a regular basis that I think it should. Right? <laughs> I love how you found some way of just being like, oh, it's like, what was this? Yeah, uh-huh. Play some, t- we're playing Final Fantasy online. Right can now. tell what's on your mind. <laughs> 
But even but yeah, even in MMO, there's no way that protects the healer. No one does. Well, the tank protects the healer. By taking all the damage. Yes, we know that. Okay, you're right. <laughs> My Lanta. All right, so that's all for today's episode in this series on Legend of the Five Rings. Make sure to like and comment if being a Shugendra calls out to you. Don't forget to follow or subscribe because next episode we will be doing a more detailed math lesson on building a functional samurai. For more info and details, please check the show notes. When you're resolved from the beginning, you will not be perplexed. This understanding extends to everything. Be resolved, young samurai, and tell the world what you have witnessed here today. <laughs>